Let us bow our heads and pray. We are pilgrims on a journey. We are brothers on the road. We are here to help each other. Walk the mile and bear the load. I want to thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of each other. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the church. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the word of God. And I ask you, Lord, to open our hearts, our mind, and soul, and come into our hearts with the very power of your word, for we do make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. What is it about the human nature that is prone to divisions and divisiveness? What is it about, about the human psychology that is susceptible, be it in our interpersonal relationships, in our intercultural relationships, even in our interreligious or intra-religious relationships that is sometimes susceptible to divisions and divisiveness? What is it about our human heart? That's the question. And there have been a lot of scholars, scholars in moral theology, in moral philosophy, in moral psychology, and the list goes on and on, that have been trying to answer this fundamental question about conflict, about division about divisiveness. As a matter of fact, there's a field of study now called the conflict studies. And there are different beautiful scholars that are bringing up new theories and models on how we can understand the dynamics that produce divisiveness in our cultures, in our societies, and in our hearts. For instance, in conflict studies, you have the theory called the game theory. Or maybe there's another one called the prisoner's dilemma. In game theory, for instance, it says that if you see your relationship as a game, if you see your marriage as a game, if you see your relationship with your siblings as a game, if politics for you is a game, then you are likely going to have three types of mindsets. You either have a lose-lose mindset, or a win-lose mindset, or a win-win mindset. The first two, we don't want any Christian to have. Incidentally, there is something about our human nature that always tends to the game theory of relationships. It is a lose-lose 
If I don't win, I burn down the house. Period. Hey, brother, come on. If it is a win-lose, if I win, I make the other person stupid. If I win, it becomes a zero-sum game. And the other person has no stake. The other person is dehumanized. The other person is neutralized. But that's not what we want the Christian to be. The kind of mindset, as we see in the scriptures today, is the win-win. Now that's where the problem comes. Because the win-win is a difficult mindset to have, but for the grace of Christ. And that's why, in our second reading this morning, you find Paul laying down for us, a key spiritual attitude that produces a win-win mindset. And you know what it is? Paul tells us in his letter to the Corinthians that we as Christians must learn to transcend categories. Paul says, what is it I hear about you, my friends? Some of you say, I belong to Apollos. Oh, no, I belong to Paul. Oh, no, get out, all of you. I belong to Cephas. Yay! And Paul says, stop. Stop. Because for Paul, the reason for social categories, the reason for categorization is ignorance. And he turns around and says, look, am I the one that died for you? Is Christ divided? Is Christ partisan? Paul says the reason why there are divisions, the reason why we have divisiveness is because we as Christians have not learned to transcend categories and categorizations. Now, you know, it's very easy to say this and you read it from the Bible. But you know one of the challenges we have, transcending categories? Our mind tells us, I've got to transcend categories. My mind tells me, I've got to transcend gender discrimination. I've got to see you as a child of God. When I look at you, I shouldn't see you as a woman. Or just feel that I'm a man, I should have the say. My mind tells me that, but there's what you call third-party effect. I know what that does to you. The third-party effect plays a trick on your mind. And you say, you know, I don't have a problem with discriminations. I don't have a problem with categorization. If only my neighbor was here today to listen to Father Tony. If only my colleague at work was here to listen to what is being said. I don't have a problem. Okay. Okay. And by the way, listen, I have some friends from the Apollos group. Some of my friends are from the Paul's group. Uh-huh. I have friends from the Cephas group. I don't have a problem. That is what they call the third-party effect because I have internalized divisiveness. 
In divisiveness and division has been internalized in my sub-psyche that I don't even recognize sometimes when I behave in a way that is divisive, in a way that is categorized. That's why today, all of us are called to the heart of peace and harmony. All of us, including me to begin with, we are called to interrogate our internalized categorizations. We are called to, internalize, to interrogate our internalized divisiveness. And that's why finally, in the gospel, Jesus now presents us this beautiful model of the church. I will call that the fisherman's model. What is the fisherman's model? Have you seen a fisherman who goes out fishing, goes out into the sea and casts his net and says, by the way, all I want is tilapia. Are you kidding? <laughs> if you cast your net, you are open to all kinds of fishes. Once as a fisherman, you have cast your net, you are open to tilapia and you are open to barracuda, period. And that is really what Jesus says, what he means when he says, I make you fishers of men. Get out there, cast the net into the open, and let all the fishes come in. You may have the good, that's all right. You may have the ugly, like the barracuda, that's all right. Because all of them fundamentally have been created in the image and the likeness of God. That is the fisherman's model. That is the image of the church as a home for us. And by the way, when I talk about the church, I don't mean Elizabeth and Sidney Parish. You are wonderful people. Somebody say amen. amen. When I talk about the church, I mean the church as the body of Christ. And it simply means that we are all called to be light to the world. And that's why you see our first reading says, those who live in darkness have now seen a great light. That is the invitation. The church as a home for all. The church as a fisherman's model. In the fisherman's model, it's not about first world, second world, third world. No. It's not about Nigeria first and America second. No, it's not, neither is it about America first and Nigeria second. No, it's about one world, one humanity, one love, one people, one heart. That is the heart of Christianity, and that is what we've been called to this morning. Let's now bow our heads and pray. I will hold the Christ light for you in the night time of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you. Speak the peace you long to hear. 